you know? Mm-hmm. Brother Coffee? Mm-hmm. Every now and then, I think our gentle listeners would like to hear something from us that's nice and easy. Mm-hmm. But there's just one thing, you see. We never, ever do nothing nice and easy. No. We always do it nice and rough. Mm -hmm. Now, we're going to take the beginning of this episode, and we're going to do it easy. Mm -hmm. But then we're going to do the finish rough. Uh It's the way we do hot drinks. Hot drinks. Hey, hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. We are coming at you with another interruption in our regular schedule sure. of recording with sure. another Breve episode. Uh, and it won't be our habit to do multiple Breves in a row. No. We only Mormonism do it, be a poppin' yeah, in the last few it's days. It's necessary. So we had a pre-conference Breve. Now mm-hmm. we got a post-conference Breve. And let's just get the spoilers out of the way. No coffee for the Mormons. No, that didn't change. Not, they're fine. Yeah, and thank God, that's still something that's just ours. They got to drink their 40 frounce Diet Dr. Peppers. That's all. They can't give them up anyway. No, so. they wouldn't have anyway. Yeah. The coffee is ours. Yeah. Um, but, but it was an exciting weekend. Oh, and, well, it started... And by exciting, I mean me in my bathtub crying, <laughs> shaking with rage on Thursday. How about you? <laughs> uh, me on Thursday, standing in my kitchen for... A good two hours completely, like, immobilized, like, debilitated, dilapidated, (laughs) disabled. Just, I couldn't move. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, some may say, surely you're exaggerating, (laughs) Sister Twain and Brother Coffee. What could have been so horrible that would have made you react that way? I mean... And I'm not exaggerating. I literally was sitting in my bathtub crying, shaking with rage. Like, I was... I was messaging people on my phone and I almost couldn't type. My hands were shaking right. so bad. So yeah. anyway. Yeah. So what what <clears throat> disabilitized and uh, shaking with rage sized <laughs> us? Do you want to give us the breakdown? Yeah. So um, I was in my kitchen Thursday morning making my coffee and I got a text from a friend and she said, have you seen the news? And I said, no. And she goes, look. And I'm like, well, okay, this is going to be... Either Trump got shot in the head. From your lips to God's ears. Uh, or, oh, now we're going to be no. investigated by the Oh, we're don't, we don't want to investigate. We were just kidding. Um, uh, or something with Mormonism, right? right? Because this is also my friend who's the granddaughter of Joseph Bishop. Right. Remember the that MTC guy? rapist. Remember that guy? <laughs> anyway. He was the one with the secret rape room in the bottom of the MTC <laughs> where he would take sisters yeah. and rape them. Cute. And there was a TV and a VCR down there for some reason. Cool. Back to the thing. Um, so I thought, you know what? I'll check my I'll, – I'll pull up my Twitter and I'll check KSL because if it's local or national and it's, like, huge enough for her to text me in all caps, it'll be on there. And one story down – well, the first story was about a hit and run. And I was like, oh, no, maybe she knew this person who got hit by a car and – but no, it wasn't that one. Uh, it was the next, the very next one down, the second story down, and it was paraphrased that the Mormon Church is reversing the 2015 policy about the LGBTQ community and their children. So, just to give a little context, um, in November of 2015, the LDS Church 
I don't even want to say released a policy because they literally didn't release it as a policy. Well, they just updated their book of instruction. They their, up- updated their book of instruction and a prominent ex-Mormon stumbled across it. Right. Somehow. And published it. Uh-huh. And it went crazy on and Facebook. Es- and essentially the policy stated, if you really look at it, the policy was copied, like literally copy and pasted from the policy about polygamists. But it said that um, members of the church who were um, in same-sex marriages would be considered apostate, which means they would have to be excommunicated. And it also said that children of of same-sex couples would not be allowed to be baptized, be blessed in the church, mm-hmm. you know, hold callings, whatever, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> would would only be able to do so at the age of 18 mm-hmm. <clears throat> when they uh if they chose to bite and they would have to disavow their parent their same sex parents life and lifestyle and that word disavow sounds like really come on disavow but no yeah that verbiage was used and i know specifically of a gay man whose adult children all took turns calling him at some point and and literally said as if reading from a script dad we disavow you yeah i have a friend too that that same thing happened to so it's not like it's not even like an extreme thing like it literally happened to families (laughs) yes so just to continue to give a little context so i had heard about this kind of brewing all day um this was in november of 2015 yeah i was right before I had resigned, before I had stopped going to church, which was about a year before I was in the bishopric. So I knew my former bishop from my ward and I immediately messaged him. I wrote him an email and I just said, hey, um, I heard about this new policy. This isn't okay. Please remove my name from the records of the church and please remove the names of my children from the records of the church. Mm -hmm. And his response was, what policy? Mm. And he said, what are your sources for this policy? And I said, it's all over. Just look it up. Yeah. When he finally got back to me to tell me that he had removed my names, he said he had called the stake president. The stake president had no idea that the policy had that the policy said that mm-hmm. they had to call an area authority to get further clarification. And it was finally the area authority yeah. who said, oh, yeah, that is that That's is a policy real. that we just changed. Yeah. Which and I bring that up only to say the Mormon leaders were either so cavalier about casting aside gay people that they didn't care or were so oblivious <clears throat> that this would be hurtful that there wasn't even like a training or like a launch of some sort or a communication to the to the clergy in the church it was just to like change the policy in the book push publish update it on the website done and done just fucking crazy to me and so you know i i think there's definitely like a, it was either you could say it was a cavalier thing, choice that they made, or it was oblivious choice with them that they made. But I think it was way more insidious than either of those. And we could go down a rabbit hole and philosophize about, okay, who was really running the church then? Because Thomas Monson was already, like, gone. Insane. Yeah, like senile. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and why? And you always ask questions about two different things, legislation and money. Yeah. And what's going on in the moment? 
as far as those two things. The money thing, we never really know because they're not very transparent. No. But we'll get to that more in a minute when we talk about what exactly the reversal stated. So after that event happened, so again, this event dropped without a lot of expectation that people would be upset about it, but people were wildly upset about it. Um, There was huge numbers of people who resigned from the church. In fact, there was a mass resignation with 1,500 people that you were involved in, Sister Twaint. I, uh, I... Was that the mass resignation you were involved in? No, but that's the one where uh, I was... I I was in a photograph that ended up in many national papers that is still used when those national newspapers uh, publish online in regards to the Mormon church and, and the LGBTQ community. Congratulations. Do you get residuals from that photograph? I don't, but I did get a former brother-in-law who said uh, that I'm not welcome in his home anymore because he saw me in the paper. Congratulations. (laughs) Um, So in response to this sort of mass freak out and people resigning and stuff, the church in January of 2016, so, you know, a month and a half or so, two months after this policy came out, uh, made a statement. I don't even remember where the statement was made or if it was in a talk or an interview or whatever, but where one of the, um, where one of the brethren, whoever described the moment when that policy was passed saying that it was a revelation from God. Mm-hmm. They were all in the room. They all felt the confirmation of the spirit <clears throat> that God was telling them that this is what the church needed to do. Mm-hmm. And that this was, this was God's will and that the church needed to continue to stand up against, um, against those dumb fags. I don't think he used those words. (laughs) But because this, of course, so also in 2015, in June of 2015, is when the, oh, now I forget the name, Ogerfeld. And anyway, the Supreme Court case that legalized gay marriage happened in June of 2015. So this was a few months later, the church saying, not us, not here. Mm -hmm. We do not, Mm -hmm. you know, we do not allow. Right. The homos in our like we're gonna punish <laughs> we're gonna punish people who get married even though they are legally married by the laws of the land. Right. They and and that policy in that of 2015 said or reiterated, I should say, clarified that those who do get married legally legally we are, believe in sustaining and honoring law, the laws of the land. The eleventh article faith. are apostates. Yes. They used that word. Yes. So anyway, so that was 2015. Tons of heartache. Yes. Tons of resignations. <clears throat> and I and and suicides. And suicides. And attempted suicides. We both know people who have died both since that policy. Personally do. Yes. Yes. Um and just massive pain for the LGBTQ community and for the ally community. Um for me as an LGBTQ um <laughs> That policy felt so like such an attack because I already knew the church hated me. Like they had made it very, oh, very yeah. clear that they had they hated me over and over and over again through talks and conference talks and my whole life of telling me that I was a hateful, despicable person and I didn't deserve love and I didn't deserve joy. Things that I still need to work out in therapy. <laughs> but that policy was atta- an attack on my children. Uh-huh. And that's when I was like, oh, fuck this. Yeah. Like do not <clears> – <throat> You can come for me all you want. Mm-hmm. I chose this. Uh-huh. Well, I didn't choose it. I was born gay, but I chose to leave the church and to come out and whatever. Like, that is my path. Yeah. But don't attack my children. Right. 
don't I've, you dare say that my children aren't worthy of entering your bigoted shit palace of a religion. Yeah. Yeah. Not that they would want to. Exactly. Sometimes I'll tease my kids and say, do you want to get baptized? And they laugh. Just <laughs> FYI. They just go, <laughs> no, no, I don't. But I remember you specifically using the phrase, this is them really drawing a line in the sand. Oh, yeah. And yeah. okay. And okay. I also had my name removed at that time. Um, our A good friend of ours did... Um, I mean, at I literally that, time, that night of that policy, I literally had like seven or eight people text me and say, "We heard just heard about the policy. We're done. This is the final straw. We're yep. leaving." Like, yeah, just me personally, <clears throat> like seven or eight right. people. Um, and it it really was a line in the sand. Almost to a certain extent, it felt good sometimes to throw that back in the faces of Mormons, like members of my family that would say. Well, why don't your kids come to church, or do you want to? And I, and it was, and there, and there was a certain sense of glee of being able to say, like, oh no, remember, they're not welcome. You made a policy that they're not allowed to right, come. Right. And then most Mormons would backpedal and say, well, no, but the, they did say that exceptions could be made. Blah yeah. blah blah. Or this was my favorite. People would say to me, no, 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 it only applies to uh, married LGBTQ yeah. people. Yeah. So the fact that I wasn't married meant that my kids, I mean, really would have been fine. Like if my kids had wanted to join the church, they would have been fine because I wasn't married. So I could be having sex with, you know, 10 people every night in mass orgies where we did drugs. And I'll just leave it to you, reader, to decide if that's a true statement. And my kids would have been welcome with open arms to be baptized. But if I had had found the person that I loved, the person that I had dreamed about my whole life, Mm -hmm. and gotten legally married... Uh then my kids would no longer be allowed in the Mormon church. Right, right. So that's some fucked up shit. That is. Um, and then my ex-husband, Gary, did we decide his, his name I think, on? I think everyone's <laughs> name is Gary, who's a not one of us and who's a male. Um, he never, he rarely, first of all, rarely posts on Facebook ever. And absolutely never, ever posts anything about his former religion, right. Mormonism, like he's just or politics. On. It's like he'll look at Facebook because I see that little green dot by his thing, you mm-hmm. know, um, not his penis, but you know his profile. Is that what you called his <laughs> penis, the little green dot? <laughs> no. Um, anyway, uh, and that policy prompted him to post, I think, the one and only thing that had to do with anything outside of just maybe a photo like happy birthday to my kid. Right. Or this is a photo of my 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 gay boyfriend. Right. Yeah. Um and it was lengthy and you could feel the vehemence, the the, pain. the ire, the yeah. pain in in the post. And he and this is also someone, Gary, my ex-husband, who doesn't even like to talk about Mormonism in any setting, not casually, not at the bar. Like I'll be driving with him when he's visiting and I'll be like, oh, so I had this epiphany about uh, another epiphany about leaving Mormonism. And he's like, I'm really not interested. <laughs> so, so loving, yeah. so kind. So let's let's take a little breather and then Ooh. we'll explain what happened on Thursday. What happened? What happened? What happened? What happened was. We're back. Here we go. And I want to do a little housekeeping. Okay. We're both very sober right now. Yes, but. 
Only because we drank in the daytime. We did. <laughs> so we had Sister Twain had a little uh, a little uh, conference. So it is conference weekend right now. Yeah. Sister Twain had a little conference refugee weekend. Is that what you called it? Refugee? I'm using that word. I called it a brunch of refuge. A refuge. So yeah, refugee. Yeah. Anyway, I guess so. so we had we had lunch over at Sister Twain's house, and we drank a lot. Mm-hmm. And then I came home and took a big nap. And then we and woke now up. We're, and now we're sober. And, and we're, we're just recording. like as sober as the day we were born. I know. It's weird. Anyway. Anyway. So. <laughs> Thursday morning. Thursday morning. The church said. Yeah. Official, the official statement read, JK, JK, Lowell's. <laughs> we love the faggots. But let's, let's just point out. That the wound was still gaping oh, yeah. and throbbing and oh, yeah. seeping with, with pus. Yeah, yeah. It was like that part in Game of Thrones where Sam pulls the the, oh. the stone bits off What's-His-Face, who oh, has the Jorah. weird skin off Jorah, oh. and he pulls it off and the pus oozes out and he peels oh. the skin. That's what that wound looked like. Yeah, yeah, it did. Sure. Okay, goddamn. Oh, 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 God. So. um, Yeah. And I pulled up, I think it was the Deseret News article, because at that point I was like, I want to hear what everyone's saying about it, because I usually don't pull up anything Deseret News. Right, because that is not a newspaper, it's a propaganda (laughs) rag. Um, I don't know if it's KSL, but uh, where I said it, but this quote from Elder Oaks, who has been the one most vocally doubling down, and and not just since 2015, but... I mean, he's the most... I mean, if you want to pick the head bigot of a group of bigots. <laughs> of the ones living, let's say. Yeah, he's, yeah. The, he's the head. But in our lifetime, there have been others. But um, he said some crazy gaslighting bullshit like yeah. God loves all his children and right. we need to be loving and accepting of everyone in the LGBTQ community and their children, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that's absolute violence i literally haven't read that quote because i know what quote you're talking about yeah every time i i'm not joking when i say this every time i started reading it like my eyes would go white and i would like <laughs> like i would not be able to see to finish reading the quote uh, but yeah just just so so essentially yeah the church said the policy's been reversed you know, God loves all his children, blah, blah, uh-huh, blah. Uh-huh. And it said something about in this, we need to promote a culture of tolerance in this crazy mixed up world we live in where everyone's always fighting. Wasn't there something kind of about that, about how we need to like some kind of both sidesism of like, we need to make sure that we're, we're promoting unity and not discord and blah, blah, blah. And then they said, then it also said in this article, it's important that members understand the distinction between doctrine and policy and that this is not a change to doctrine. This is simply a change to policy uh-huh. and that the doctrine still stands that people in same-sex marriage are serious transgressors, no longer apostates, but serious transgressors, mm-hmm. but that the doctrine has not changed. And literally at that moment, when I read that, I was a gaslit abused victim. Uh-huh. Like I literally thought, didn't they say before that this was a revelation? And I honestly thought, like, did I make that up? Right. Did I just think that in my head because I was so angry that they said this was a revelation? Uh-huh. And I was like, no, I remember writing something on Facebook about it. And I was like, and I've deleted my Facebook account. I was trying to find the post. Like, I was Googling to try to find where they had called it revelation. Uh-huh. And I was also really worried that they would have pulled all the mentions of that. Like, that they would have oh, yeah. wiped the internet clean of that. Uh-huh. Which they hadn't. And maybe they have at this point. I don't know. But, it, but like, I... I that 
that was the moment that I understood what it felt like to be gaslit or mm-hmm. gaslighted. I don't uh-huh. know what the past tense of that is. Sure, sure. Because I honestly thought that maybe I was crazy and maybe I had made that up. And I thought, no, I, no, they said that, right? And then I found a quote where they said, we all sat in that room and felt the sweet <laughs> suckle from the teat of revelation. So of anyway. Of the ghost. Of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and then rewind to 1988. Elder Oaks himself said, and I quote, I don't know that it's possible to distinguish between policy and doctrine in a church that believes in continuing revelation and sustains its leader as a prophet. Interesting. So, you know, here's the thing. It's it's laughable, right? At this point, they just say what they want to say. Uh, they just say what they want their members to hear because they know that so many of them will, will just, just swallow hear it. And sinker. Hear yeah. it. Just like Trump, he will make up this fake shit because that is he demonstrably fake. Demonstrably like we fake. can look at, we can, you can say this is a change in policy, but we, but I can literally Google the internet article where it quoted you saying that this was a revelation uh, and that this was not doctrine. just a, a you know piddly policy change, but yeah. from JC himself. But like where Trump will say the most demonstrably false thing, knowing that but people, will he just... feels like he's got so much power that he can just create truths yeah and that's what this is and i mean you can get into the semantics of arguing whether it's a policy whether it's doctrine whether it's whatever but the fact of the matter is they did an incredibly hurtful thing to the lgbtq community people literally died because of it literally died yeah People were driven deeper into the closet. Mm -hmm. Families were torn apart. Uh Because here's the other thing that's interesting about this is I am a gay man who is in a straight marriage who has three kids. And I am fortunate enough my ex-wife is also no longer a member of the church. But I have a lot of friends who are gay men who – and I'm sure this applies to gay women as well – who are now in relationships outside of the church. Uh Uh-huh. And have spouse ex-spouses who are still members. And so what happened to those families where there was a, one spouse that was a member, so the kids were attending church when they were with that spouse, and now suddenly they had a gay parent, and suddenly they were told, you can't be baptized, you can't go on a mission, you right. can't, you know, like, what happened to all of those people? Yeah. You know, like, right. like those people those families were torn apart by this policy right. or there were instances where the the mormon spouse didn't want the kids to stay at the gay spouse's house anymore because that spouse was trying to create a buffer so that so that they could say oh no 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 they're not involved with their gay dad like they live with me yeah, full time you yeah, know like yeah. we're we're trying to there were there were families who tried to actively drive a wedge between the gay parent and the children because Uh so that the child would be protected in the church and have more freedom. So there were families that were hurt by this and, and, and individuals that were hurt by this. And so why don't you go ahead and read what the apology said at the, in the statement when the Mormon said, when, when they apologized for making this mistake and changing the policy. Let me, let me find that. Oh, oh, wait, shit. it doesn't oh, exist. Oh, no, they didn't apologize. <laughs> they didn't apologize at all. No. They didn't, they didn't admit that it was wrong. Mm-mm. They didn't admit that they had hurt people. They didn't even mention what it possibly did to families. What, 
that there were lives lost. Um, nothing, nothing, nothing about it. What the article that I read said was the, 20, the 2015 policy, which was perceived as painful by some members of the LGBTQ community. <laughs> yes. And I was like, fuck no. Uh-uh. It wasn't perceived as painful. Mm-hmm. It was painful. Like it wasn't whenever you try to like shift, whenever you try to shift the blame to the person who is hurt for the hurt that has occurred to them. I don't know what that's called, but that's bullshit. <laughs> you know, when you try to say like, I'm sorry you perceive this as painful. Yeah. No, no, no. You did a something that hurt me. You, yeah. pa- you caused me pain. So now you don't get to, you don't get to, um, to tell me that it's somehow my responsibility because I perceived it that way. Yeah. No, it was painful. Yeah. You did something hurtful and I was hurt by it. Absolutely. Period. Full stop. We were traumatized. And I, I say we because I am a, a former straight spouse and my children are children of uh, a, a gay man. And uh, anyway, but we were so traumatized. And this has absolutely re-traumatized us. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> uh, I went to breakfast with my two daughters um, the morning after, and we like to do crosswords when we're at breakfast. And so we had purchased a copy of the Salt Lake Tribune and on the front page, it was right there with a picture of the brethren. And, uh, my oldest daughter, who's 20, she was like, okay, wait, okay. I, I, I'm a little confused about something. And me and my 19 year old daughter were like, what, what are you confused about? It's, it's pretty simple. They reversed it. And she goes, no, no, no. What I'm confused about is the people on Facebook that are saying they're super happy about it. But then there's a lot, mostly people who are saying they're pissed about it. Like, I don't understand the ones who say they're happy about it. And I say, those are the ones who weren't traumatized the first time right. around. Right. Well, and to be fair, reversing this policy was absolutely the right thing to do. This policy was hateful Mm -hmm. and was mean and was Mm -hmm. hurt people and tore families apart and marginalized LGBTQ people and made them second-class citizens within the church. So this policy absolutely should be undone. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to gloss over that because this, the undoing of the policy was the right thing to do. Uh However, Uh the undoing of the policy should have come with some acknowledgement of the pain and the hurt and the deaths that were caused by the policy right. in the first place. Right, right. The um, someone said that day because that then that day was a was a whirlwind. I was crying. I was text. I was angrily texting You're my about family. Just this last Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. Yeah. Someone online on Twitter or something said, "Exit wounds sometimes are more fatal than entry wounds." And I thought, "Yep, that is exactly what this feels Ooh, like." Yeah. Like, like I have already. I had sort of already dealt with the entry wound and the bullet was still there, obviously. And Uh I probably didn't even know the bullet was still there. I mean, I think I had just, I had resigned myself to the fact that the church would never accept or acknowledge me and I don't really care. Mm -hmm. But then when the church reached in and ripped that bullet out (laughs) and reopened the wound Uh and all the pain that I felt and all of the friends that I saw suffer and all of the friends that I heard about that died and, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. It was, it was, I was re-traumatized all over again. Absolutely re-traumatized. So anyway, and still no coffee for the Mormons. No. I wonder if that was the plan and then they retracted it after this reaction. I almost, like, I literally (laughs) thought they would then do the coffee thing just to change the the narrative. Uh, Because uh, again, again, I don't think for a second 
that the church thought that there would be this reaction to this. I thought the church thought that the reaction would just be, you guys, good for you. Uh-huh. Like, I really thought that they thought this this would just be met with smiles and happiness. Like, oh, thank goodness. Yeah, I don't think they, I don't think for a second they considered. No. That, that people would be furious about the way that I, this was handled. I would say for the most part, they have no idea how traumatic it was. I think there's someone, maybe even two or three people on uh, the Q15, I cor- you know, the quorum of the 15, the right. 12, and then the presidency, who got it. Maybe. But can you have to think that those 15 men have to keep actively, actively keep such blinders on at all times because, yeah, they live in a bubble and they surround themselves. They drive with, around in tunnels under Salt Lake. Right. Like, literally, they don't right. walk out on the street and talk to normal people. So, I mean, and maybe they don't have to actively keep blinders on because maybe they have to, they're just so far gone living on another planet in their brains. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to do it. I but, think another thing that was painful for LGBTQ people this weekend, and I heard, I heard several people voice this, this thought, was now we now the burden was on us once again to explain to our Mormon family and loved ones why this wasn't a good thing. <laughs> because so many LGBTQ people got a text or a phone call that morning from mm-hmm. their mom or their dad or their sibling or whatever who's still in the church that said, look, isn't this great? Mm-hmm. We've reversed or you can come back now. I heard several people say that. The mm-hmm. people came and said, you can come back now. Or isn't this great? The church reverses policy. And again, the burden was on the queer individual to say, no, it's not great. <laughs> and to sort of burst the bubble and yeah. say, this is why this is problematic. Yeah. And this is why this was handled in the wrong way. Uh-huh. And this is why this was traumatizing. Like, and the, and and be the big the big downer on their family members yeah. who were just so excited yeah. that oh my gosh the church is so wonderful the heavens are still open and Jesus loves the faggots now so, I should probably not say that word on the podcast <laughs> I'm sure there are people that are not comfortable with me saying that word and so you know I think about when I was still TBM true blue Mormon true mm-hmm. believing Mormon um, and. Def, you know, when I say that, there was definitely cognitive dissonance. When right. is there not? Sure. But knowing I was married to a gay man and trying to reconcile the whole thing. And there was some legislation passed in Utah. It didn't even have anything to do with the church. About how it was, a, but it was a legislation passed that... Um, the LGBTQ community could not be discriminated against for uh, work, for, for housing. housing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was probably, it, it, well, it was definitely before 2010 and definitely after 2005. So I don't know when. But I remember feeling so good about that. Mm-hmm. Like, that made me feel good. Right. Like, okay, we're, something's, something's happening here. It's baby steps, but something's happening. And then someone calling me out and being like, really? Really? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it's been so long, and I'm so not that person anymore that I don't even know how to articulate, like, uh, where that person was compared to what I was. But... I remember thinking, she's really bursting my bubble. <laughs> I remember feeling like, I feel completely deflated now. I was like, 
on a high thinking, okay, everyone see, everyone in the world see, right. baby steps. And then you know what it did? It made me fucking think. It took me two, three, four years to really have those thoughts completely formed. But because she called me out on my little tiny crumb of, of, of something positive. And we were talking about that today. Like we were standing in my kitchen. Do you remember? And I was like, they're, it's like they're throwing, they were throwing the LGBTQ community a bone, which does not undo all the bullshit that has been done and said about them over the years. Well, here's the thing. The, the reversal of that policy had nothing to do with LGBTQ people. No. The reversal of that policy had everything to do with believing Mormons and having them feel better about mm, yeah. the state of their church. Yes. Really, honestly, that policy was not about the people that was hurt were, that mm-hmm. were hurt by it. That policy was about making true believing Mormons feel comforted that their church wasn't as bigoted as they thought it was the yeah. week before that they could say, Oh, see, like you did. Oh, see, we're making, we're making progress. We're making baby steps. Mm-hmm. Like we're not as bigoted as I thought we were. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with, with LGBTQ people You're because right. if they wanted to make a policy that positively impacted LGBTQ people, there were, there are a lot that they could make and probably never will. Yeah. But, that the so, world is already doing around them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway. So anyway, we should probably wrap it up. Yeah. There's a, there's our breve. Yeah. Um, we're going to probably be back in a week in or so. In a week, we'll have our regularly scheduled. We're going to try to be on a regular schedule. Yeah. Just so you can hear us. Maybe not every week, but every other week. Every other week is what we're thinking. I think we're going to continue with the top five theme. Yeah. I like it. And. Uh, but feel free to, um, if you have things you'd like to hear us talk about. Uh-huh. They don't have to be about Mormonism. Mm-mm. You can email us at, what is it? Hot dranks for the belly at gmail.com and when you email me i will get a notification on my phone so wow technology so email us and then please feel free to share and tell your friends and like us and subscribe and all that stuff we're still not on apple podcasts we don't know why we're we're figuring it out we're working on it like they sent the email that said we were but we're not yeah so we're figuring we were and now we're not so anyway so um I'm Brother Coffee. I'm Latter Day Twain, and we'll see you in a week for another top five. Yeah, we got to come up with a sign out, like a, a quippy phrase we say to sign out. And we're depressed still. And we're still depressed. <laughs> <laughs>